Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 39, The CEO of Melee TikTok. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jesse and or Cypher. You get it. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. We have Zets. That's right. The man behind Smashcasts, a very awesome Melee TikTok account, is here to talk about that, to talk about a little bit of the origin story of content creation for Zets, we didn't actually get into Melee origin story in general this time, but that's because there were just so many other things to talk about. But hey, you know, maybe we'll get Zets on again. This could be one of those deals where I just get Zets on again and we do it some more again. I don't want to spoil the conversation, but it was a lot of fun. As you might be able to tell, I'm still kind of bouncing around after having just done the interview that we had a great time. And so I hope you enjoy and we'll talk afterwards. All right. Peace. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so excited to be joined by the CEO of Melee TikTok. That's right, we have Zets, who also has a Twitter handle, at SmashCasts, joining me here today. Zets, thank you so much for joining me. Dude, Cypher, thanks for having me, man. Um, I always kind of wanted to do something like this. You're the first person to reach out and uh i've been looking forward to this honestly so let's uh let's do it let's go you know i was very surprised that tov didn't just like try to get you in on a discord call or something while streaming and reviewing your tiktok content because first of all that was really cool to see tov has a, a really great hand on the pulse of the of the melee community in general and is a great individual but I, I felt like that it wasn't quite complete. Like, did did Toph try to reach out to you at all about like the fact that he was streaming and looking at your stuff? Did somebody was like, Zets, Zets, go into Toph's stream, try to get on? Like, did that happen at all, or did you just hear about it when it went up on YouTube? Oh man, that whole thing. Um, first of all, Toph is awesome. Um, I got to commentate with him on two different occasions, and he's been a great guy to work with. And it was really nice of him to uh, showcase my stuff to his following. Um, I think he tweeted saying that he was going over Melee TikTok stuff and then somebody like immediately tagged me almost like as a joke, but then they responded. They're like, wait, no, this is actually you. Like, like <laughs> this is not a joke. So um, unfortunately, I can't remember what I was doing. I was busy at the time, so I couldn't tune in while the stream was live. I did get go back and like watch the VOD and everything. And then he threw it up on YouTube as well. But um yeah, so I couldn't jump in a call. Um, he did not reach out to me personally or anything. Um, but I, honestly, I was just really appreciative of him, you know, being willing to check out my content and uh, show it to his uh, his following. That was really nice of him. And I've had more than a couple people comment on like clips I put on TikTok since then, saying, "Hey, I came from Toph's stream." So when when you know community like leaders do things like that, you know, it actually really greatly benefits. Um, you know, smaller creators like myself, uh, that really goes a long way. So big shout out to Tove, man. But if you ask the average TikTok user, you're the big smash guy. You're the big melee CEO of TikTok. Like that's a real thing, I think. Or would you disagree? Um, yeah, it's it's really actually wild. Um, I literally made the account like maybe a little bit over a month ago now. And I don't think I ever could have dreamed that it would have taken off the way it has in this short of a period of time. And I think like the very second clip, I guess we'll dive into it at some point. I don't know if you want to go into the, the weeds with it now, but I, I put up the CEO of Melee TikTok thing almost as a joke, but also to get people to recognize like on Twitter, like, hey, like 
you guys should start paying attention to this because there's a lot of potential here and it took a couple weeks it took like until like two weeks but then people started really to look at it and think wait a minute like what the what the fuck is happening like how is zets getting this many like views on on these clips on this platform that i don't care about that i'm not on that i'm not paying attention to um and like by picking that name um i was pointing out like hey like something is happening here and like if you're smart you will start paying attention because there's so much potential here and cypher i really am excited to to dig into that as well and, and really talk about at some point what i take to be the future or a big part of the future of of melee and um and what that kind of marketing and outreach is going to look like to me over uh, the course of the next decade or so. TikTok's here to stay, you think? Um, I have no idea what the longevity will look like, and I'm very new to the platform. Uh, again, I literally created my account a month ago. Um, I think I did technically download TikTok for fun like a year or even two ago um, before I even thought about posting Melee content. And I had it for like a couple days, and then there were like, you know, all those... I, I don't know if they were rumors. I don't know if they were facts. I'm not knowledgeable on this so don't take my word for it but people were saying like oh like it's it's not very safe you know they take too much of your data and i was like well i'm not even on this app like ever so i deleted it um so my point is i i'm still insanely new to this platform cypher and i'm learning more about it every single day i am spending more time on it and like trying to immerse myself in the culture so i can kind of more understand the inner workings of it and everything um but to me the potential of this platform is undeniable and if you spend some time making content or even just consuming content on it it becomes immediately obvious why it's been doing so well and why it's drawing in so many younger people um and how it's competing so well cypher with a platform like youtube um even with platforms like twitch and to me if you're a creator in melee or really literally anything you're doing yourself a large disservice in many cases tiktok's not for everybody but so many creators um could and should be pushing tiktok so much more um and i'm just a prime example of that i think that tiktok is the latest and greatest example of how if there are people who hop on the bandwagon on the early side and to your point it's been around for a little while now but if you try to get in on the action before all of the big slow lazy corporations just sort of start to press down on the awesomeness of it i kind of remember how twitter was like a young hot shot thing and hardly anybody was on it and then all of a sudden you realize oh wait ugh, now all these businesses are making twitter Twitter accounts <laughs> like that, that that just sort of happens from social media platform to social media platform but if you can get in kind of early and there's a lot of excitement and buzz just with a lot of people who are on the younger side and move the needle it's great to take advantage of that to be able to build a following and then you might just be like a, an example of and I don't want to jinx you but like Think of how Ninja was like one of the first big Twitch streamers, not the very first, but one of the first big Twitch streamers, had the all-time sub record for a while until our boy Ludwig destroyed it. But that's what I think of. I think of how there's potential with you, the way that you're doing your TikTok videos, how you can really capture a younger person's mind who is literally younger than the game of Melee itself that came out in 2001. And we're talking about 12-year-olds, 16-year-olds, <laughs> all younger than the game, but being fascinated by it. And you're doing a great job of kind of capturing the storyline and also the hype. And 
at like putting it all together in a really great way. I, I love what you've done so far. And yes, let's talk about it a little bit because in the podcasting world, in the podcasting world, we could take our time with this kind of stuff. And I like to talk about origin stories, but we can get to that later. This is kind of like the leading right, conversation. Right. I don't want to bury the lead too much because you are the you are our beloved CEO of Melee TikTok. So please, you can start with the origin story of what made you want to make that first video about Harry Potter. Okay. Okay. So I'll take one tiny step back beyond that and, and briefly tell you about the content I had been making in like, like the two ish years leading up to this. Um, cause I think that context is going to be really big for, um, I think it might just be interesting, but also again, if anybody is interested in making content whatsoever, I've, I've learned so much. I've learned more in the past month about my own content and just like how I can become a better creator. Um, then I think I learned in the two years before that. Um, so there's going to be some pretty big takeaways. When I first started making content, it was like very late 2018. And I made a YouTube video about this um, Neo uh, or Northeast Ohio PGH Pittsburgh. Okay. So like that's always kind of been like these two neighboring regions that have been very fluid and, and very uh, usually well connected. Um, so practically one region. And they had like the series of um, Arcadians and invitational like side events along with the Arcadian, like a really, really interesting and cool structure for a tournament put on by PGH Carroll, like one of like the most legendary Midwest personalities and artists really. And he is an SSBM artist of all time. Um, They're putting this on. This is like the third iteration. And to me, when starting out, like I just wanted to make the content that I always wanted to see. Um, so I wanted to make like a, like a pregame thing. Like if you're watching like, like the NBA playoffs, for example, I actually really like basketball and and football. Um, if you tune on like to Fox or ESPN or something like that, you could see these personalities talking about the storylines leading up to the game. There's like these stats and these figures and these models, and they go out of their way with this production value to, to bring you into um, our world, if you are like just following, and it gets you caught up on on why this is such an exciting event, um, and what you should be looking out for, and I think that kind of content and outreach goes so far in terms of getting people invested and excited about an event, and um, and making them feel like uh, that FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. So um, I wanted to make that for this event, and um, I made a video, and it was really fun. Um, I think I got like. 200 views on it and i was like thrilled because it was like really my first youtube video and i was like okay cool so i started making more videos and um i was like learning as i went along and i started making other things i wanted to see because so i made a video about like okay like this is what's going to happen this weekend here's like my projected top eight like i kind of made predictions and stuff like that too but I also wanted to do like recap stuff because to me, the biggest thing I always wanted from melee content that I never had that nobody else was making was like, let's say like you, you can't watch all of shine top eight, or like maybe you're like gone that whole weekend. Like you're on vacation with your family. Maybe, you know, you're in college and like you're working a part-time job at the time. Um, so you miss like a lot of a weekend of, of melee. It's really hard to like, catch up on what you missed or at least it was very hard in like the mid and late 2010s in my opinion like you're realistically probably unless you're a huge fan you're not going to go back through the vods and watch literally the entire vod of top 64 and maybe you'll watch some of the top eight matches that you heard were really good but at the same time like a lot of it kind of gets spoiled for you and i always got brought back to like nfl primetime 
and if you've watched any of my content you you know how like emergent my my current content is from nfl primetime with chris berman and and the music and everything but i wanted like a five to ten minute recap that like takes you through the narrative and doesn't like spoil things out the get-go but it takes you through like the emotional swings and like oh like you know game two like left and mango like mango's up one game and like leffen's on his last foot and like oh mango goes up 2-0 but now mango homie socks leffen in game three and then he loses and then leffen reverse three socks and like or reverse three o's and excuse me um like that kind of thing to like make it easier for people to catch up on like the most important things that they missed and just again make it as easy as possible for people to follow along in the scene and stay connected with what's important um i think that's that kind of content would have been really entertaining and i started making a couple videos like that but to be honest i lack the discipline and the work ethic um to improve and to really put out content often enough so if you look at my old youtube channel there was like like a, usually like a several period of like weeks or even months between different videos. Um, and eventually I kind of fizzled out of all of it um, throughout like the pandemic and stuff last year. I always told myself I wanted to make more content, but I just kind of wasn't. And for me, and like, I just had like this mental block cipher where I, I knew I wanted to make content, but the idea of making a YouTube video is like very daunting um, in many ways, it's intimidating. You spend so, so many hours on this project that you love so much that you put your heart and soul into. And, you know, it might not turn out the way that you want, and it might not get the reaction that you want. And maybe, you know, not as many people watched it as you wanted. Maybe you had like a goal. It's like, oh, I really want this one to hit like 3000 views. Like that would be really cool. That would, that would be growth. Um, and that can all be very discouraging from even like sitting down and getting started and getting engaged in your work. Um, and I wasn't really able to push past that. And I always really looked up to people for that reason, like turned down for Walt uh, and Radar, who are really killing it right now and putting out a lot of great content um, because they were able to kind of push past that and stay disciplined and stay dedicated, learn from their failures. And now they're very, very successful and they deserve the success that they have. Um, but for me, I just couldn't I couldn't do it. And, and for that reason, I had not released a YouTube video in like over a year, which was really sad because it, I was starting to get better. One of my videos got to like 13 or 14,000 views. And like, that was like a sign to me at the time. Like, hey, like you're onto something here. Like people are responding well, keep going. And sadly for a lot of like personal reasons, I did not keep going. Um, but then I talked to my friend Matt Atari and this is where TikTok comes into play. Um, if you're not on TikTok, um, or you're not like on Twitter in this space where you would have seen that my guy, Matatari, congratulations, recently just hit 60,000 followers on TikTok. He's a great person. He makes amazing content. You guys should follow him on TikTok and Twitter. Um, Let's but go. I, I know, right? So he was tweeting all the time about like, oh my God, I can't believe I have like 10,000 followers on TikTok now. Holy crap, my video hit 600,000 views. And I kept seeing that and I would like them and it just... I was like, what is going on? And eventually my curiosity like overflowed and I reached out to him and I was like, dude, what the fuck is happening? So I got into a voice call with him. I talked to him for like an hour and this is like five weeks ago. So like within a week from this conversation, I would, I would post that Harry Poggers clip, right? And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, nobody in the Smash community whatsoever appreciates the potential of this platform. It's insane. The discoverability is wild. And it's just, it's like the Wild West out here. And like, I'm screaming into this void of Twitter and nobody's listening. And I was like, holy shit. And, and it also clicked to me, Cypher. I thought to myself, I was like, okay, so 
I really want like on a on a conceptual level i want to be able to sit down and make melee content and i think it'd be cool i like the idea of releasing a long youtube video that people like and comment and i can engage with those comments and there's a community and we're we're having discussions about this game i love so much but i have that mental block where i just i can't sit down and work for four hours on something and then go to bed knowing i am maybe i only got five percent closer to that goal like i just wasn't in a space where i could do that but i can sit down and work for four hours on a clip that I finish in that time and release. So that was the mental trick for me was, okay, if I can sit down and know that at the end of this productivity session, that the content I make is done and I get to release it and I get that feedback from people, I can push through. So th I, so that was like the, that was really why I decided to try it. It was that along with the potential that I saw from Matt Atari and he was making ultimate content for the most part. He was doing like, uh, he has a series like smash facts you probably didn't know about. And like, I didn't realize it at the time. Um, and this is going to be another huge takeaway cipher, but the reason to me that that was doing so well was he was engaging a young audience on TikTok that maybe they play smash casually with their friends and they like Nintendo characters. They're not very interested in the competitive scene yet but he's reaching out to them and he's sprinkling little nuggets of information and getting them more and more interested in it and that ramps up so now eventually they they follow him like oh yeah i kind of like i like this guy i like his voice um i like the tony hawk pro skater character selection music that he has in the background <laughs> but then they start watching more and more clips cypher and then all of a sudden you find yourself like being really interested in this game and that's kind of how it always goes you know like you find like anything that you like about something i remember when I started getting into the NFL, it was because I happened to watch the Super Bowl of the Patriots versus the Falcons, where they were down 28 to three, like halfway through the third quarter. And then Tom Brady obviously like leads into like what is quite possibly the greatest uh, comeback story in the history of professional sports. They win in overtime. I was like, wow. And I started listening to shows like um, like Undisputed with uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. I was listening to um, The Herd with Colin Cowherd. And I honestly fell in love with those personalities. I loved listening to them talk about sports. And because I love listening to them talk about sports, I'd, I'd listen to them talk about them all the time. And by proxy, I end up getting more interested in the sports themselves and the storylines. So Matt Atari is doing a great job of building his own community and getting people interested in Ultimate. Um, I decide, all right, I'm going to try this. And right when I decided to try this, my good friend Tyler, who I was just in a voice chat with, who I just saw at the first Rubes Day back, um, I'm like going in a million directions right now, but Rubes Day is a very legendary and storied uh, local tournament in my hometown of uh, Columbus, Ohio. And uh, we just had our first local back in over a year this past Tuesday, so I'm very excited about that. Shout out to Tyler. His old tag was Free Balloon Day, but for some reason he entered this Netplay tournament as Harry Poggers. And if anybody watched that clip or just like heard the news, uh, it was pretty big all over Smash Twitter. So I'm guessing all the listeners kind of know the story by now. But um, Harry Poggers, man, he takes game one. Um, Hbox hits four rests in game two and dominantly uh, just kind of asserts himself on Fountain in game two. And then uh, the rest is history. Harry Poggers pulls it out in game three. He wins a best of three net play set over a three-time greatest player in the world. And the thing is like, for I felt like for a while, most of the players that Hungrybox was losing to on net play, it's like, okay, he shouldn't be losing to that person, but hey, that's a really good and well-known player. And then he loses to Harry Poggers, who literally nobody knew. Because Free Balloon Day is already a hidden boss in our region for the most part. If you're outside the Midwest, you probably don't know about Free Balloon Day. Um, but he wasn't even operating under that tag. He was literally just Harry Poggers. So to me, 
that was that is just such a great story and it's my friend so i could it was easy to get excited about it um so i made that clip put it on tiktok 200 views and again i had literally zero followers um so i'm like okay for zero followers and this is doing 200 views um fine okay uh let's keep going let's see let's see what happens i was i was very driven at this point and i was like i think that there's potential here i think i think it's like I was at a, I was like at a mountain and I was like digging for like the diamond and I suspected that the diamond was like right at the freaking edge and that nobody else is coming to this mountain basically. So I'm like, okay, 200 views, like let's keep, let's keep hacking away. The next one I make is Shroomed versus uh, Leffen. It's when he was still playing Dr. Mario at like Big House 4, like winners round one or two or something. And it's such a like under the radar set that like, again, 2014 Melee melee started to explode in popularity but a lot of the community wasn't around back in in early 2014 or late 2014 excuse me that was october um so like a lot of people don't know about that story and it doesn't even have like that many views on youtube but it's like such a cool moment where shroom got insanely close to literally reverse four stalking leffen on a pretty big stage back when leffen was starting to come up and leffen would go on to do some pretty incredible things i think he made it all the way to winner's semis of that tournament oh it might have been winner's finals actually um i think he beat armada at that tournament as well if i'm wrong about this people are going to roast me in the comments but my point is <laughs> i thought like <laughs> that's a really cool story and i'm going to package that one i i just it was always in my mind is like that would be good content because it's it's like a good enough story that nobody thinks about nobody talks about that um, and that's kind of been what I wanted to do. Threw that out on TikTok like at like 11 p.m. at night when I finished it, and I woke up and it had like 15,000 views. And I like I popped the fuck off cipher, and I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit! What the fuck is happening? This is already my most successful piece of content I've ever made in my life, and it's all happening in less than 24 hours." So that was when I was like, "Oh my fucking god! Like this is the real deal." Like, Matatari isn't a unicorn. Like, there is just actually potential here for Smash Brothers content on the, like, the hypest, the newest, the freshest social media platform around. And once once that happened, I was like, okay, let's fucking go. That might have even been when I said, I'm the CEO of Melee TikTok. Because to me, um, and I feel like this is like, you know, like... I'm not, I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but I see myself as kind of pioneering this new frontier. And I, I, th I and honestly, I see it as a huge opportunity um, and a huge responsibility because I genuinely believe that if I'm successful enough and I can like really get even more people, because I think I'm almost I'm closing in on like fifteen thousand followers in like a month. That's like fucking wild, right? And if I can keep this pace up and grow this account, like obviously that'll be good for me but it'll be amazing for the scene like the opportunity for us to reach out to younger people and get them in that is so crucially important and um i feel like again i'm, I'm taking up so much space i just want to say one last thing and then i'll i'll give it you some more time cypher but um to me i think i'm now filling a very important niche in the community that wasn't being explicitly marketed for okay and to me that is specifically marketing melee content to people who don't already care or know almost anything about it. Um, and I'm not, this isn't me throwing shade at other content creators. Everybody plays a different role in the funnel. 
You know what I mean? So like, they're, like if you think of like a ginger or a PPMD, they're incredibly analytical and they're very strategy and, and um, educational based content. So unless you fall in love with them as personalities, which isn't impossible, I really like both of those people. And I know ginger personally, Avery's a great guy. Shout out to him. He just got verified on Twitter recently. Let's fucking go. Super proud of my boy. Love that number said, 28 for Luminosity Gaming. Woo. Exactly, man. But my point is, um, Ginger's content is great for people that already love Melee. But it's not going to do as well with people who don't care about Melee because he's so far into the weeds. You know what I mean? So there's there's levels to this. Like To me, I'm like the very first rung on this ladder. Or as somebody else put it, I'm the widest part of this funnel. And I'm just trying to get you to care about Melee at all. I'm trying to take you from, I've played Smash before, I mostly play Ultimate with my friends, to... Holy shit, that old Smash game looks way cooler. And then get you to, wait, I can play this easily, like, on my laptop? And then it's, now you're downloading Slippy. Now you're watching shit on Twitch. Now you're watching Turn Down for Walt YouTube videos. Okay? So, I'm the, I'm the fucking person trying to funnel people into this community that aren't already in it. Um, and honestly, it's a huge responsibility. And I'm going to try to take it as seriously as I can. Um, and I, I really appreciate all the support I've been getting from so many people. Um, many, many uh, prominent people have reached out and said so many kind things and offered to help me out. Um, Dark Gen X is like the fucking homie. I want to give him a shout out too because he's helped me so much in the past couple of weeks. And to me, he's the goaded Twitter um, melee content creator. Nobody does it better than him on Twitter. Um, and I think that's pretty obvious. And he has been so huge and spending so much time with me to give me advice and, and take a look at my stuff and help me with problems. Um, and that's, that's the cool thing about the community, man, is like they're, they'll fucking, when they see that you're doing something for the betterment of the community, they love that and they want to support you. And I felt that, uh, a lot recently. So that's a little bit of my journey over the past, like couple years into this past month, uh, in a nutshell, uh, in like a 20 minute nutshell, I am a bit of a rambler, as you can tell. Um, so yeah, does that answer your question? <laughs> I almost feel like not saying anything just to be like, wait, did he get disconnected? Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was no, that answers the question very well. Yes, I would say, first of all, when LSD put out that video of like the scariest thing you'll see on this website referring to Twitter and it's just Leffen replying. You don't even see anything that Leffen says, just his avatar of the of like the Pepe Fox or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. is it was super hilarious and then i was like oh credits to dark gen x at the bottom bottom well that makes sense dark gen x is hilarious and very much understands like how to how to ride that line of hilarious and also makes sense to a lot of melee people even people who are not super deep into melee they can still understand oh yeah that's right if leffen is in your replies then you could very well be in for quite an afternoon while that's happening <laughs> but the uh all that to say to sort of summarize what you've been doing in this past month, it's almost as if you have lived like a lifetime of content creation just because of how crazy it's been. Would you agree with that or does it feel different? Um, I basically doubled my total content creation output like lifetime in the past month because I mean, technically if you look at my YouTube, I probably have a couple hours worth of content because like and and this is another thing I'm interested in, in sharing. Um, one of my videos, I did this documentary on YouTube 
of this uh, tournament series that's very near and dear to me um, based out of Champagne called the House of Pain series. And it ended up being 45 minutes long. Um, and it did not need to be 45 minutes long, to, to put it bluntly. And uh, that's a lot of why it doesn't have, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of views on YouTube. Um, but um, so what was, what was my so my I guess my point is like just in terms of like hours put in, um, I really have grinded out the past month. Um, I'm looking now, I think nine. I have 15 clips. Um, they all take about three hours. So I guess I put about 45 hours in. Um, I guess it doesn't sound like that much, but and I don't, I'm not trying to make excuses. I had like a ton of birthday parties, like a, a wedding, like a bachelor's party that took up like an entire weekend. So it's been a, and I also started a new job like three weeks before this all started. So balancing all of this and going from a pretty lazy, apathetic individual, like, like legitimately <laughs> like two or three, like two or three months ago, Cypher, like not gonna lie. I wasn't like in a great spot. Like I wasn't in a terrible spot mentally, but like I was changing jobs and the last job didn't work out that well, which was kind of similar to like many of the other jobs I've had in my twenties. And I just kind of felt stuck and I didn't feel like I had like much of a purpose. Um, and I'm not trying to like, you know, like go, like go down like this dark path with you right now or anything, but um, I just had like a lot of like challenges and, and problems that I needed to address, but, and I, I wasn't really, you know, expending a lot of energy on a daily basis towards addressing them. My lifestyle wasn't really such that I was moving in the right direction very quickly um, and I think a lot of people get stuck in those ruts, right? Um, but like, I almost don't even recognize myself, like who I am, like in this moment today from like two or three months ago, like this new job has been incredible for me. Um, it's given me a lot of structure and allowed me to become just a much more disciplined and productive individual. And I've taken those skills I've been building on and like just thrown them into, uh, this account. And again, it's been more successful than I ever, uh, could have imagined, but just sitting down and working, on 15 of these over the past four weeks um spending on average probably about three hours on each one um i, I mean it, it's been a, it's been a grind and it's been an amazing experience i'm happy to do it um that's how you get better at anything and i've i feel like i've learned so much but it's crazy too because i feel like i have so much more to learn and i also literally don't even know what i'm doing like i'm i am at the bottom of the the smash content mountain on tiktok okay <laughs> This is only the beginning, and um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what I'm able to accomplish uh, for myself and, again, for the entire community uh, over the course of the next couple months here. I love the fact that you feel like that you're at the bottom of the TikTok mountain, but that's not really true because you have videos that have gotten hundreds of thousands of views, like your TikTok videos have gotten hundreds of thousands of views on some of them. Not that all of them are at that level. But the point is, is that you have experienced already a lot of success. Let me let me uh, rewind here a little bit because I wanted to highlight what you were saying about you really don't recognize yourself as compared to where you were a few months ago. I think that a lot of people can relate to that because of how this pandemic has affected people from this way or from that way. A lot of people haven't been able to keep jobs. A lot of people have gone from job to job because they get furloughed or they get laid off because, you know, we're in these unprecedented times and you're like, well, you hired me during the unprecedented times. Hello. And they just get bounced around. And it just sometimes feels like, you know, especially people in our, in their twenties, like I, I'm 25, like people can, like, you feel like there's almost a bit of like a drifting moment happening and you're going, did I peak like three years ago? And I just haven't known it this whole time. What, what is going on with my life? But, 
I love how you've been able to stay connected to a community that is helping you and encouraging you. And then you get to the point where you're ready to try something new and the new thing is immediately rewarding. I'm sure that everybody wishes that's how it goes if they say to themselves, I'm going to learn how to play the piano. Like if somebody like you sets, <laughs> le started learning the piano and had your luck, they would be like a uh, freaking... <laughs> Beethoven by now in terms of Mozart levels of piano skills. <laughs> I really feel like you popped off right away and that's so cool. I, I, I love hearing how there's a bit of a journey to it though. Like, cause to some people it's almost as if you started TikTok on a whim, but I think that a lot of things had to happen in order for you to get here. And you may disagree with me, but it's just so funny and, and so interesting. Like in, in all of the stuff that you've done in Melee, trying to experiment with content creation, with YouTube specifically, understanding how hard it is to do that because I agree, it's very hard. That's why I don't try. I just stick to audio and podcasting because that's what I can do. That's what I can do with my resources. But for you, you're able to try the YouTube thing. It doesn't really work. It's not going the way that you want it to, and that's fine. And then you try TikTok, and it pops off, and you're like, wait, there's not only is this very rewarding to me, lots of dopamine from all this attention. We take those, but you're also <laughs> you're true. also doing that important, great power, great responsibility piece, which I really appreciate hearing how you're recognizing that there's a lot of people who are seeing melee for the first time because of the videos that they see that I'm putting out and I want to try to take extra care to make sure that what I present is not necessarily saying hey everything's all good all the time but just to say this is why we love melee and this is why you can love melee too you could join us you could be part of the melee community it's very cool to hear how you want to be intentional with that as well I, I love so much of that and um, I think I have two main responses um, one, just in regards to like, um, like all the struggles that many people have been going through throughout the pandemic and how I'm sure like, you're probably right. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to kind of like how I was feeling a couple months ago. And, um, to me, like one takeaway that I hope would be encouraging to anybody, um, is really to me, your life can change a bit more quickly than you think. And obviously like I look like a bit of an outlier, but that's also kind of deceiving. And I'll talk about that in a second, but like, I'll give you a separate example. First, I was speaking with Radstads, who is a really nice guy. And he actually is TikToks. I'm sorry, not TikTok. He's Ludwig's TikTok editor, but he also um, works in social media for uh, Panda global. And um, Dark Gen X actually introduced me to Radstads, and uh, Radstads is awesome. I just like cold DM'd him and introduced myself, and and said like, "Hey man, like I'd really love to pick your brain. Like it seems like you really know a lot about the kind of stuff I'm trying to do." Um, and he was more than happy to to talk to me for about an hour, um, and he gave me a lot of great ideas. But I, I learned a bit about his story too, and he really got into all this stuff like about a year ago. Um, you know, I won't share like his entire like life story or anything, but he was telling me about how like kind of like on a whim. Um, he decided to get into like this social media stuff. Um, he decided to like you know try to learn more about like TikTok and and branding and posting on websites like Twitter. And uh, he applied for this internship with Panda Global, and he he happened to get it. And then he's working there, and it's going well, and he's learning more, and he's like really engaged. And like all of a sudden, like he's you know his internship becomes more of like a like a like a role where he is working uh, part time and. And then, like, that leads to him, like, he's literally, like, 
Ludwig's TikTok editor now, which is like an insanely awesome opportunity for somebody who's really only been in this industry for about a year. Um, and for me, like I decided like I'm going to try something and it worked out really, really quickly um, and it has changed my life. But um, at the same time, and you, you alluded to this, um, you know, I've been building the building blocks of this like seemingly overnight success for many years. One, just in me being immersed in this community. I've been showing up to events just because I love the community. Like I didn't go to tournaments, obviously, so that I could, you know, make these TikTok videos like seven or eight years later. <laughs> but but I followed what I loved and what I cared about. And I was always going to these tournaments and competing. And I was very immersed. I was watching and paying attention and staying up to date. And I know so much about the the community, especially since early 2013. Um, so like I happen to know a lot and I've been spending, I've put in a lot of time into uh, becoming um, a, a huge fanatic uh, of this game. And I was making content before um, on, on YouTube and stuff. And I learned a lot from my failures there. Um, and to me, the biggest thing was like trying to figure out what am I good at and trying to double down on that and find a way to like find the overlap between what I like and what I'm good at. Um, because like for me, I think, there were some moments on my YouTube videos that were good, but they usually were just too long. If you look at a lot of my videos on YouTube, they were just like way too long. I made this very intricate, in-depth, passionate video about Drefin, and we can talk about the Twitter Drefin clip next if you'd like, but, um, and I'll allude to that. I, I posted a very short clip of a 35 or so minute documentary that I made about Drefin and his run at Smash and Splash 5 in 2019, um, which was an immaculate moment in melee history in my opinion um i almost want to go back and redo it because i i think i could do it so much better now um and i think it's a, a story truly worth telling um well enough to for people to, to be willing to, to hear it um but tiktok forced me to do shit in 60 seconds or less so i had to trim all the fat out and I had to only stick to the things I was very best at. So I set the, these narratives up very, very quickly. I cut out a lot of the small details that I really wanted to include because I was so passionate about those details. Whereas somebody who isn't as interested in the community, like that might not resonate with them. I'm going to lose them in like the 12 minute explanation of why this game of Melee was so important, you know? But like just simply by trying new things, I happened to like start doing well on TikTok. And then later I look back and realize, oh, my YouTube videos were way too long. TikTok forced me to do short videos, and that helped me realize, okay, that's that was a mistake I was making before. And now, like, I can go back and, and learn from that. But just, like, so my takeaways there, if you're struggling, like, tell, just remind yourself that you can change things more quickly than you think. Like, your life can really change a bit more quickly than you think. You'll start seeing results, and you'll get positive momentum, and that will encourage the fuck out of you to keep going and to double down and to try even harder. Um, but, like, but also pick something that you actually like, because it'll be so much easier to do something that you like. Believe that you can be successful. Don't think that you have to do something... Like, don't, like, play it safe, uh, in my opinion. Like, have, like, a like a backup plan, like have, like have financial stability and all that. Like, I'm not trying to like give people like irresponsible advice, but keep trying new things and you're going to learn along the way and you're going to get better. And if you don't give up, you'll inevitably be successful. Um, and again, you know, I, I tried over the course of a couple of years to do this kind of thing. And eventually I tried enough new things where I, I found what I'm good at. And now I can like double down on that and continue to learn. And it really feels like the sky is the limit at this point. Um, 
So yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've been through a lot of really tough times in my life and I feel incredibly fortunate and blessed to be in the position that I'm in right now. Um, again, I, I feel like a completely different person. And um, if anybody is going through um, anything or if any of this resonates with anybody, I'd super encourage you to reach out to me. Um, I'd love to help anybody in any way that I can, um, especially just because I feel like I've come out the other end and I've, I, I kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel now. And sometimes it's hard to see that light. It's hard to believe that it's even there, but um, it really can be, and it can be a lot closer than you think. So don't ever forget that. You, you're you talking about the light at the end of the tunnel. I want to ask you about the Dreffen tweets, the clip. <laughs> I, I wanted to say tweet and clip at the same time, so that's on me. But I, we got to talk about Rube's Day because I saw your commentary of the last stock situation between Spinda and who was the other player? Was the Marth player? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, BY15 uh, stands for Ban Yoshi 2015, but his name is Garrett. Um, so you heard me refer to him as Gare Bear affectionately multiple times. <laughs> I was wondering what the, what was up with that, but this was an in-person local and, you know, everyone's vaxxed up and trying to do the social distancing thing, of course, of course, but all the homies are back together. It's that light at the end of the tunnel thing. If you want to talk about your experience of the first local back. Oh my God. Well, I, um... I love this particular local series. We've talked about it. Rube's Day. It's at a Ruby Tuesday. And it's... So it's not the chain restaurant that you're thinking. Um, it's actually just a dive bar. Okay? And the funny thing about this dive bar that I love so much... I Like, in college, I lived right across the street from it. They had these, like... M like combination trivia plus karaoke nights they called trivioke where you do like trivia and then the winning team picks a song that the losing team has to sing on stage immensely Ooh, like fun it was so great um like everybody at like this place i worked at in college like we all would go and uh, those are some of the best memories i had in college eventually um we had been hosting tournaments at this donato's um on ohio state's campus and anybody who has ever been a part of osu melee knows um all about this but um, for many, many reasons, that venue stopped working for us and we needed a new venue. Um, so I reached out to these guys cause I had built connections and relationships with the owners of this bar and the bartenders at Rube's day, or I'm sorry, at, at Ruby Tuesday for so long. Um, I reached out to them. The funny thing though, real quick about Ruby Tuesday is that, um, the, the reason that you'll never see a chain Ruby Tuesday restaurant anywhere near Ohio state's campus is because when the chain found out about the existence of the dive bar that shares its name, the chain sued the dive bar and they sued them for stealing the name, right? Because they had the trademark, they had the rights, okay? But what they didn't realize, Cypher, was that the dive bar actually predates oh. the chain. Oh my so gosh. So the dive bar countersues and wins, gets this huge fucking settlement, and, and they win in the settlement that the chain can't have any sites within like a 15 or so mile radius of the dive bar. Oh um, my so, goodness. <laughs> it's, it's like such an awesome story, and um, I just... I just I, I love the story in the bar so much and uh, it's really cool like they have like these like projector screens that we can hook the setup to so like everybody who's sitting like in this like side like party room area for the bar can see like top eight happening on this on these huge projector screens that like they have for like all these different events it's it's that's really cool um they have like pizza and stuff but it's just like, a really chill bar like right off of ohio state's campus great location amazing vibes and at the very first rubes day we just kind of knew this is this is something special this is magical 
we started that a couple years ago and um i had to stop being the head to at, at one point because i got a new job that conflicted with it just in terms of time um but other people like boated um like r2 uh like burke like nate uh supernax so many uh people in our local community stepped up and uh helped keep rubes day alive and um it's on tuesdays at ruby tuesdays that's why we call it rubes day but um yeah first local back we hadn't had any locals in over a year and um i historically have been a very very competitive person um i have a very um disagreeable personality i want to beat people i want to do my best um and even i just ended up getting super drunk having fun playing falcon um hanging out with the homies not taking it too seriously um, it was amazing seeing people. I saw people I haven't seen literally since the beginning of the pandemic and just being able to like to hug them, to take pictures with them, to catch up with them, to be in the same space as them. It felt surreal, um, but it felt very needed. And I think everybody's souls are just collectively, we're all just, our spirits are in a better place. And the best part is every goddamn Tuesday for the foreseeable future, we get this again. Uh, it's just the beginning. So Melee is really back. It really feels back. And um, it's a very, very, very exciting time to be a part of the community, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, if you're if you're listening to this, you uh, you should go to your local, uh, support your local, and uh, go hang out with the freaking homies. It's so sick. Now, now that you're sort of like the CEO, well, sorry, sort of. I mean, you really are the CEO of Melee TikTok. When you have a last stock situation like that, and you're going nuts on the mic. And it's super awesome. I watched it several times over. I just like had this big smile going like, oh, this is the true awesome spaghetti melee that like I, I know everyone is freaking out at, at the Ruby Tuesday. Oh, it's so cool. But do you say to yourself right afterwards, hmm, I should put this on my TikTok. Like when do you <laughs> when do you try to fight that that urge back to go, wait a minute, I shouldn't be in content creator mode at all times. I got to hang out with the homies right now. Or maybe you were a little <laughs> bit too inebriated to have this entire thought process because that's what I'm thinking. But what were you thinking at the time that it was happening? That's a really good question. And um, anybody who's listening, you should find that clip. Um, I'm trying to remember who tweeted it. It might have been, it was Frecky, um, Frecky or Frecky Delic on um, Twitter. Because Description he... of this podcast will have that clip. Okay, awesome. Cool, cool, cool. So um, that clip, I was I was so freaking drunk for it. But it's funny because like I think anybody who competes or is creative in any way, you often, I think you have to fight those, I, 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 you could refer to them as like meta thoughts, like thoughts about something that take you away from it. It takes you out of your immersion. Like, I, I, it's hard to remember because I was so immersed in that moment. Like, you could call it a flow state. People are pretty uh, familiar with that, like, pop psychology term at this point. Like, when you're really, really good at something, but you also... Um, but it's also a very difficult thing to do. Um, you're able to, like, focus extremely hard. And you're focusing so hard on the thing that you're almost focusing more on that thing, whatever it is, than the fact that you're even a person being alive. Like, you're breathing... It, you're, you're like you're talking you're the process of you going about whatever it is whether it's commentating a set of melee or playing guitar or uh you know running a marathon even like literally anything like that um you won't you lose yourself in the moment like you know like the whole m&m thing you know mom spaghetti and speaking of spaghetti i'm commentating this melee set that's ending in complete spaghetti and i don't think in that moment i ever thought oh this could go on tiktok um because that's my favorite part of honestly commentating is when shit is going wild 
and I just get permission to, to to just go crazy and to just like take my filter off and just like let the world know what is going through my head. Um, that's just really fun to me because I never know what's going to happen. I don't have a filter in that moment. So whatever I think, it just comes out and it's it's very authentic. And I think that's a little bit of like my like brand and style in my commentary is um, for a while I was trying like the esports thing. And I think I ha I can do that if I have to. But um, I think what people always respected and appreciated more, especially if you think about old school commentary cipher, if you're thinking about like a waffle, uh, for example, homemade waffles, um, a lot of those old school guys, like, like think about like Wombo Combo, like they weren't thinking of themselves as commentators. They were like homies who happened to be sitting in front of a mic, like cracking jokes with each other, watching their friends play people that they were hoping would like beat their asses. You know what I mean? Um, so that kind of like vibe and aesthetic, I think drew a lot of people into Melee in like the late 2000s and early uh, 2010s. And then we we went into that esports era where people tried to do the ESPN thing, and I think there needs to be kind of like a healthy balance there. I'm going in so many different directions. That's kind of like my um, the way my brain works. But uh, to bring it back, like there's been many times in my competitive career where like I'll like hit like a really really cool string of moves. Like I'll have a combo going, and you get like the really really hard thing. Like you get like like a jump cancel shine wave shine turn around up tilt. You wave line onto the platform and tomahawk grab their shield because you know they're gonna shield, and then you hit something like. And like, but in your moment, you you have that thought of, holy shit, that was all really good. But the moment you have that thought, you're not thinking about playing. So like, you, you're not you're not immersed. You're not in that flow state anymore, and you're no longer expending all of your mental energy on trying to do your very best. Um, so to me, like, I don't want to be thinking on the mic to what extent this will be good content. I don't think that Ludwig thinks about that kind of thing. I think he's just very in the moment. And just trying to do his very best at all times to be entertaining and to showcase his personality and to riff with the people that he's working with. And the moment you start thinking about those meta things of, oh, okay, that's going to be a really good clip, you're no longer really doing your job. Uh, you're kind of like, it's almost like mental masturbation at that point. And it feels good to be like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I really cracked a good joke. Chat's going to love that one. Um, yeah, but that's not helping you crack your next joke, so... I think being in the moment is really important. Um, and I did, going into Rube's Day, I told myself, okay, it would be really cool if I, I got, like, videos of, like, me walking into Rube's Day and, like, I got a couple, like, little B-rolls of, like, like people playing and stuff like that and I could tell some sort of story. Um, but I ended up getting way too drunk and just having way too much fun to even remember. It was, like, midnight and I was, I got home with my friend and I was, like, I just thought to myself, I forgot to like literally do any of that. I looked at my camera roll and I had one picture, and I I will treasure that picture for the rest of my life. Shout out to Woke Fox. Let's go. So you've never had in, in your attempts at being in the moment, you've never had like a tree moment where somebody goes, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that's always been there. Um, I'm so I'm I feel like I'm exposing myself, but I don't know that I'm I recognize the reference. The tree. What's that? So. What? Hungrybox was on the couch at one of the more recent Smash Summits, maybe Smash Summit eight or nine, and okay, and and Axe is hitting like a really cool combo, and Hungrybox was trying to say, oh, it's like a combo tree that ha that Axe, sorry, that Axe is really hitting right now with the Pikachu. I think it was even against Wizzy. It might have been there. It might have been their Summit rematch, like because Axe won against. You, you've already done the TikTok on this. Why am I telling you that? The point is is that they're playing <laughs> against each other, and I'm pretty sure it's Axe versus 
versus Wizzy again. And he just yells out tree and they're on dreamland and chillin's like, yeah, uh, that's always been there. <laughs> so I'll have to find, yeah. I'll have to find it and send it to you. But it was just like, it was just one of those things where it's like, you want to be in the moment. You want to say something that's really cool at the same time also. And then you just land in the middle where you yell out tree. <laughs> have you ever yeah, had I one mean- of those moments while commentating? <laughs> oh my God. I'm sure. Um, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> there was this this was um an offline that like this this was not recorded but the genesis of and not like the tournament series but like the beginnings of me commentating like my grandfather was a commentator but never like officially like he never did like like sitting in front of a mic and broadcasting it to people but he commentated sports he commentated baseball and he would do it to himself while he was watching these sports in his living room to amuse himself and I very much look up to my grandfather in many ways. He has an incredible voice, and he's really good at commentary. Um, I would just be sitting on his lap at a very young age and listening to him commentate baseball games. Um, and that really, like, rubbed off on me. So, like, I think I took that from him. And I would just find myself, like, almost, like, jokingly, like, tongue-in-cheek commentating things kind of for fun um, throughout my life. Like, depending on what it is, like, I'm, maybe I'm playing pool with some friends at a at a bar or something and i'll start commentating it as if it's like a really important like game of pool and there's there's all these stakes and i'll poke fun at my friends who mess up and stuff and um i found myself doing that at like these tournaments at, at columbus um in the basement of this donato's and one time um, i was commentating like and the thing is i'm just like literally standing behind these players and commentating their match loudly enough for everybody to hear including the players of course and um so like I think a good amount of people would laugh, but there were definitely times where it was too much and I was I was just way too over the top or I just needed to shut the fuck up. I was uh annoying people, something like that. There was this one time where I was commentating Hanky Panky, and everybody knows Hanky now, but uh, I can't remember who he was playing. It might have been Prince Abu, which uh Prince Abu actually went to Ohio State and he uh he was pretty pivotal in the uh the OSU melee scene. Not a lot of people know that anymore, but he He's one of the godfathers of the the modern OSU melee uh, community and scene, whether people realize that or not. Anyway, I think they were playing, and um, I was commentating, and I cracked a couple jokes up to this point that had gone pretty well. So I was feeling myself, you know what I mean? And sometimes you get that point of confidence where, like, you might be a little too unhinged and you get overconfident. And Hanky ends up pulling a bomb somehow, and I say something to the effect of, Oh my God! Hanky pulls a bomb. He he's a fucking terrorist, and everybody like it was like record scratch. Like it was a record scratch moment where like even like the players like almost stopped and looked at me and were like, "Dude, that was like a really fucked up thing to say." Yeah, <laughs> so that one did, I can see that. That one didn't go over so well. Um, I'm sure I've had more. That that was just the first one that that came to me. But that's the thing about like any kind of creative pursuit is you're gonna you're gonna hold a lot of L's. And um, that's just a part of the game, you know. Well, every great comedian. Live. Oh my God! Yeah, you can, you don't get a do over. There are no do overs live. Um, and every comedian has been booed off stage. Um, they all have these horror stories, but um, ultimately, like you know, you're gonna make big mistakes, and you know, people will blow you up in the chat. But eventually, that doesn't matter as much, and you kind of get over that fear, and then that kind of helps you. Um, be again more in the moment and uh, commentate a bit more authentically. The fact that oh, this time I'm commentating and there's ten thousand people watching because it's shine or something, um, 
that doesn't cross your mind as much and it doesn't affect the way that you go about the commentary as much. Very cool. And I'm just so happy to hear that, like, again, this is just the sort of thing where you've been commentating for long enough that you were ready for the TikTok when it happened. And we've already talked about how there was just things that had to happen first. You had to immerse yourself in the scene, be a big part of the scene and know all these different things about Melee before you could make videos that not only are and this is a, this is a great compliment to you by the way how many times have we heard throughout all of content history in regards to melee where people who are really in melee have a lot of criticism because they're like this is inaccurate if you actually look at the frame data or look at the facts or that's not what actually happened or right. if you're a new person to melee you'll go um what is going on this is all too deep for me like the content doesn't capture everybody and yet somehow yours is because i don't know as much as you do about melee i'm probably somewhere in the middle uh been following along since to the end of 2018 more or less and now i'm just doing content since january for the podcast so not super deep yet but I really enjoy your videos, dude. I think it's a great compliment to you that your videos strike that balance, the almost impossible balance of appealing to new people and also people who've been in the scene for a long time. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, um, I really appreciate that. And like to me, like I'm almost surprised that nobody has done this kind of thing before. Um, we're a pretty big community but like if you look at like any community like there's only going to be some percentage of people that really take content creation seriously and um again i want to i want to like throw a lot of um i want to throw a lot of compliments towards people like like turn down for walt like awesome sauce like radar like uh wisely when he makes melee content um a ton of other people wisely sorry go ahead yeah, I mean, there there are more people on separate platforms that are making really good content that's also accessible. I think Awesome Sauce is arguably... He's got to be in, like, the Melee Content Creator Hall of Fame, like, already. Just based on, like, how insane his YouTube channel has gotten. And the way that he has been able to to share stories and just, like, tidbits of information about this game and somehow make it appealing to such a wide audience... Um, the like the extent of his audience and his outreach the numbers he's getting on these youtube videos i've never seen anything like it in like the eight or so years i've been in the community um so i'm i'm not the first person to make content that could appeal to that wide of an audience but i am surprised that nobody else really tried tiktok um and i say that knowing that there were other people that tried um, when I was on, I, I tweeted this, like, after I made, like, one or two clips. I was like, who else is on Melee TikTok? Like, it's kind of hard to find people on this platform. And I got, like, a list of names. And I looked through, and um, I think, uh, what's his name? Waspergeed? Waspergeed? I haven't talked to him yet, so I still don't know exactly how to pronounce um, oh, his this, name. Oh, this, I- uh, this is Ginger's editor, uh, J- Jasper, like, uh, I think it might, I think... <sighs> I need to look. I, I I follow this person on on the Twitter. Let me look this up while you're talking. But okay. th- yes, that's one person. Go ahead. Well, okay. So let me let me add some here. So th- these are two separate people. So Jasper, I, th- I think that's his name. That is Ginger's editor. Um, I like him as well. But I'm looking now at Waspergeed. He has a pretty big following on uh, TikTok for melee content as well. Um, he's doing um different content than me. But my point is like, I'm like it, to me it seems obvious. Like, 
so much of the melee content out there is marketed towards people who are already in the community. It's marketed towards the community itself, right? And like to me, it 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 just felt obvious. Like, I don't why why isn't there more that's trying to appeal to a much wider audience? Like, why isn't there more content that doesn't even use the term wave dash? Because most people don't know what the fuck that is, and that's just alienating them, confusing them, and getting them to swipe to the next video. Um, that 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 was the thing that always just like seemed obvious to me, and eventually like. I just like said, fuck it. Like I'm going to do this. And I think that like, usually the best content, and I, I mentioned this before, but it comes from you making the, the shit that you wish already existed. Like that's, that's to me, like a lot of bands do that. Like they make the music that they want to be able to listen to, but just simply doesn't exist. So then they go out and make it. Um, so figure out like, what do you really think would be a cool, like market for your content in terms of like the melee community or like whatever it is. But like, what can you add that isn't there that you think people would actually like? Like, what what would you like to be able to watch? Um, that's like a really good starting point, and that's kind of what I try to do with my content. I'm trying to take somebody who has maybe never watched a single tournament, and maybe you've only played ultimate, and you play in your friend's place, and you know you have fun, but it's not that big of a part of your life, and you don't know much about the melee community. I want to take them. And I want to help them experience the emotions that I felt when I watched these moments live. I want to help them understand the stakes and why these moments were so important. And just how crazy close some of these finishes were. And and just help them feel that tension. And that's why I go so nuts on the mic. Because we have a lot of history to make up for in 60 fucking seconds, Cypher. You know, so... Um, I've always just thought that something like this could be could be successful, and it took a while. It took a lot of trial and error, um, but I feel like I'm I'm well on my way, and it's a really exciting place to be. And um, I'm at a place now where I have awesome people like you reaching out and being like, "Hey, like, come tell me your story," and that's really cool. Like, I really like being able to talk to people about things. So <laughs> thank you for having me. Yes, well, that's why I'm here, because I want to hear people's stories. And yes, if I can talk to someone who is a little bit higher on the influential scale, always excited about that as well. But I've been very happy to be able to have on just about anybody thus far who is willing to tell me their story and how Melee is a big part of it, because anyone who does that and likes Melee, participates in some degree, is contributing to the canvas of Melee. So your contribution, very important, because it's the new page, it's the new chapter, because of how new TikTok is, and getting onto a platform where there's a lot of users that are on the younger side. And yes, getting younger people into something means that when they are closer to 25, or they're closer to 30, they might be the new mangoes, the new Zanes, the new armadas of the world, the new hungry box. You know what? I better stop because I'm going to miss somebody and then I'll go like, <laughs> I'll have to name 100 <laughs> names before anybody's even remotely happy with me. Like, how could you forget Fat Goku? He was the person that got niced in the, in the, in the, in the Zets TikTok video. How could oh you forget? Oh my God. <laughs> it's so wild. I've had two separate people to me. Um, jokingly use the term Zets kids as in people who like <laughs> imagining a world like five years from now where like I get like a considerable amount of people into the scene such that it's not like dog kids it's Zets kids um, well, what about the like, the next TikTok convention of whatever kind everybody will be like you're the melee guy 
Yeah. Oh man, if there's a oh, TikTok convention, I'm gonna be like one of the oldest people there, but should be <laughs> should be a good time. That's like a lot of the responses I was getting. And it's funny too, um, like I post a lot of my clips to Reddit and some of them have done really well and others like don't do so well, but there's always or there's often a couple people who complain about TikTok, who say, I don't know why you're putting this on this platform. I don't want to watch it on this platform. Do you have it on YouTube? Like, I want to watch it somewhere else. Um, people, like, like giving me other, like, bits of, like, uh, feedback or criticism. And, like, I've had several people tell me, um, like, why are you doing this voiceover? Just, like, put the original commentary, dude. This is cringe as fuck. And um, it's, uh, it, it's really funny. Like, you know, people say that, you know, like, for you to be successful, like, you inevitably have to have haters. And I'm not, like, calling these people out. Like, they're giving me, like, their authentic feedback. I appreciate that. Um, but, like, I think it's really easy to get discouraged when you you see people jumping into these comment sections of your YouTube videos or in Twitch chat and complaining about your commentary. Um, but sometimes, like, they're actually just wrong. Like, you know, if, if two people are telling you completely different things, like, like, I mean, I guess if it's an opinion, they can both, like, be in some sense right. But clearly a lot of people are resonating with what i'm doing so like you don't have you can make the decision to like not listen uh to the haters or the people that are you know giving you some pretty blunt feedback uh, you could take what you will from it you could try to learn and grow from it but um yeah ultimately like just because people are like complaining about you or like throwing shade or hate your way that doesn't mean you're not onto something it doesn't mean you don't have potential it doesn't mean you can't be successful it doesn't mean that you know, your next video couldn't be the one that blows up. Um, so if you truly believe in what you're doing, stay the course, because like, if you're right, if you really are onto something and you think that you are providing value, then you're, then people will find you and they'll notice and they will support you. And then eventually the supporters will drown out the haters like a hundred to one. Right. I think that the people who are willing to offer really negative feedback like that are not the people that you should be listening to when it comes to accepting any kind of feedback or about what you're trying to do with you specifically i think that a lot of people assume and they would be wrong that it's oh this is a low effort thing like zets is just taking stuff and putting it on tiktok and it just just totally damaging the original piece that it used to be like it's not even the whole set but it's like those people aren't really worth giving any time of the day to in my opinion and what you're doing, I think, far outweighs, like, any concern of, like, oh, am I doing this right? Should I be doing the original audio? Should I be trying to focus on another part of the set leading up to the finale, to the climax? And it's like, no, I think what you're doing is great, first of all. And secondly, another piece of advice that I could give to somebody who only seems willing to offer negative feedback is you can go and do it yourself. No one is stopping you from doing that. And that's just, that's what, that's, that, that is a thing that I, I feel like I, I never want to let go of because I used to think to myself, oh, I'd love to hear more interviews of people who've been in Melee. And then, yes, I was eventually inspired to do that. Shout out to the Wannabes podcast, the big part of it. So it's great that I get to do that. I get to have people like you on and we get to talk about stuff. And I love hearing what you have to say. And, about TikTok specifically because I don't intend on going onto that platform anytime soon, but I'm so, so, so happy that someone like you is. And 
if I had anything that I wanted to say that I viewed as feedback to you, I really don't want to tell you anything because you're the one who's doing it and it's awesome and it's popping off. So who cares? It's great. Actually, in fact, it's not who cares. In fact, it's like, this is excellent. Everybody should be excited about this, especially people who want to see Melee succeed. This is part of what is going to make Melee succeed and stay around for years to come. Yeah, I I, I really appreciate um, all those thoughts. And I'm really happy for you that, you know, you you decided like, I, I like this podcast thing in Melee. There's not a lot of Melee podcasts. Um, in fact, there's there's very few. We could probably count them on on one or maybe well, two hands. Now they're now they're starting to now they're starting to get a little out of hand. But it's all good. I I do love all the Melee podcasts, and I'm so happy that they like me back because originally I was nervous that of the like encroaching on their space. You know. Anyway, go ahead. I yeah I I think um there's a lot of camaraderie between most creators in the community because like. Compared to like like good players, there's not a lot of creators. Like like I've I've been able to like you know become pretty cool with people like Walt and and Radar and Wisely and now you and and Dark Gen X and it's as simple as just shooting a DM and like pretty much everybody I've ever talked to has been really really cool and willing to to help. Like even in like mid 2019, Ludwig was not where he is now, but he was still getting pretty big and it was pretty obvious that he was destined for great things and i reached out to him and slime regarding um some content stuff at the time and they both like responded and they were very nice about it and they like talked to me about a few things and they were incredibly helpful and like i i I feel like a lot of people wouldn't expect that kind of thing um but yeah my point is like so many people are supportive and like you know they don't see it as as competition there's not that much content for the base like on how large this community is uh so my point is i think there's so much room for more and like we we live the same life like we're going through the same stuff like we're all in premiere together or you know you're you're like i don't know what are you in audacity yeah (laughs) i'm in audacity let's go (laughs) but we all love the same thing and um like i love like seeing walt like getting hundreds of thousands of views on his videos seeing like how far he's come in the past couple years like that's fucking incredible i'm so happy for him i'm really happy when i see dark gen x um he he got like his first clip to really start popping on tiktok recently i was like encouraging him to to get started on tiktok um there's like a really great sense of camaraderie and um yeah for you i would encourage you to take bigger swings um if you haven't been already and like like hit up everybody man like message freaking tof message freaking mango mango's not gonna get back to you probably but uh, you never know who will actually say yes and you can make that connection and then all of a sudden like you know that person if you see them at a tournament you can hang out with them you can have a beer with them and now now you have a friend and somebody who's actually invested in your success and is willing to um to do more to to invest in in helping you get to where you need to go so for people that love this game and want to be a part of helping to grow the community there are so many ways to get involved in a way that you like in a way that you find fulfilling and exciting and there, there's resources. There's people more than happy to uh, to help you pull you up a rung on the ladder, uh, so to speak. And um, again, if there's any way that I could do that for anybody, hit me up. Let's go. Fun fact. Sometimes I go to Discord. I go to Ludwig's Discord server, and I'll just pull up Ludwig's name, hit the message button, and just sit there where it says, this is the start of your legendary conversation with Ludwig. And I think to myself, <laughs> is today the day that I'm brave enough to... No, today is not the day. Today is not the day. But I'll sit there, and I'll just stew on it for a few minutes and think, 
maybe maybe I could, maybe I should, but no, I'm not gonna. I haven't really asked a ton it's of funny. the quote unquote upper community figurehead people to come on because I want to have a healthy balance of having on people who maybe don't get to, as much of a chance to share their story, people who are kind of like where I am. And I, I would have loved to have talked to somebody on a podcast format of like, hey, this is how I enjoy Melee. And like, I really want to try to find those people and who are willing to, of course, because if it's a lurker in the chat, like they're not going to want, they're not going to want to talk about Melee for an hour, but it would be great to continue to find that healthy balance of like, I've had on Walt and Radar and Wisely, and that's, that's super, super cool. I loved having all of them on, but I've also had other people who you may not have necessarily ever heard of. And it's like, oh, okay, but they love Melee. They love the same kind of content that I do, the listener. And, oh, wow, this is really cool. Yay, the community. Yay, Melee. And that that's more or less what I'm shooting for. But you're very kind. Thank you for the kind words. I'm super excited to see Dark Gen X pop up on, on TikTok. If that continues to happen, that would be fantastic. I think that if Dark Gen X can master Twitter... <laughs> Dark Genesis can master TikTok 1000%. So that'd be great to see uh, a CFO of Melee TikTok, perhaps. What title oh do you think? Oh my God. <laughs> oh man. Uh, that's a really good good question. Uh, you'd have to maybe? ask him. Oh man. he. I mean, he could be literally whatever he wants. Um, but <laughs> ultimately, I think he'd probably be the best person to answer uh, that question. But he's also been doing really well on YouTube. I'm pulling uh, his his channel up. Um, let's see. He had a clip, uh, yeah, 252,000 views on, on the Leffen clip that you're talking about, like the scariest thing you can see on Smash Bros. Twitter. It's mm -hmm. 15 seconds long, but a quarter of a million on YouTube, that's, that's amazingly impressive. And, uh, he's one of the most hardworking and, uh, just really talented individuals I've met in the scene. And also really quick, I want to, um, say something. Uh, Ludwig has a really great video on, uh, that, that's, uh, kind of related to this that I would encourage you to watch that I think might give you the courage necessary to send him that first message because he told this story of being at a tournament at one point and this guy like reached out to him, like in the week leading up to the tournament, asking if he could interview him. And this is when Ludwig was clearly on the come up, but like, not quite like literally like the face of Twitch or anything. Um, so he was big, but he was like, you know, he wasn't too big to say no to somebody that didn't have a following. Um, and I think he was, he was really uh, cool about this whole thing. If you check out the video, but like, it didn't end up going that well because in the end, the guy wasn't very prepared. So there's like, there's some takeaways in terms of things that this guy could have done better, but Ludwig praises him in a couple very important ways. One of which is being persistence. Like he messaged Ludwig. And I think uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Ludwig may not have gotten back to him the first time. And then he ends up messaging him once more, like the night before the event to like touch base and see if um, there's any way that Ludwig would consider like, you know, spending like maybe 15 minutes to take the interview and Ludwig was like, you see this kind of thing? Like, this is this was great. Like, this kind of persistence, awesome. Like, I love to see this because I'm getting so many DMs from people all the time. And it's really hard to keep up with all of them, to even read all of them. And responding to all of them is really difficult, like, given how much time that would take up. But, like, when people are persistent in that way, it makes it that much easier for me to remember who they were. So, like, if you message him, maybe he doesn't read it or get back to you. But he fucking might. First of all, and second of all, at least you're you're starting to try to build that bridge. He sees your fucking name, and you could you could just tell him like, hey, I have this podcast called Bottom of the Smash Mountain, 
and then he can start to put that to your name and like your face and then like maybe you reach out to him again in like a month or something eventually he's gonna he's gonna respond and maybe he never takes the interview but like he'll respect you for trying that's for damn sure and he'll never be able to respect you if he doesn't know who you are so you got to introduce yourself to the guy you know what i mean man go get him tiger uh, I think that it's uh, all about uh, being persistently patient, though, because, like I said, I think I want to strike a healthy balance of being willing to still be excited about talking to people who are not like super well-known community figureheads. I, I do really, really believe in that because if I start to focus only on getting to the higher echelon, I feel like I'll lose a little bit of the genuineness of me saying, hey, look, I want to have on just about anybody onto this podcast. Of course, I don't want to have anybody on who's either problematic or whatever, but like, you know what I'm trying to say. So I think what I more believe in as compared to being persistent and saying, hey, can I get you on? Hey, can I get you on? Hey, can I get you on? Because I would be willing to do that for a few people. Maybe I'll eventually play along with that concept. And I'm certainly, <laughs> I used to be a sale, a car salesperson for about a month and a half. So I, I learned how to, I learned oh, how to, damn. like, yeah, to call, cold call. But the point is, is that what I, what I'm really uh, excited about is like how I feel like I'm in a good spot now of being like, I, I'm excited to talk to everybody who comes on. So one day, one day I will, I will do that. But I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. And lastly, I'll leave it at this. Another good way to get someone like Ludwig to recognize that there's a podcast called Bottom of the Smash Mountain and that I'm running it is to get people like Aiden on first. So <laughs> that's probably so who I'm going to like target and be like, yo, Aiden. He's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Aiden did, Aiden did a podcast tour like a month and a half ago, like around the time that he announced his retirement or right before he announced his retirement. He was on, he was on the mix up. He was on the, the waiting for game. <laughs> uh, he was on another podcast as well that I'm forgetting the name of. And now I feel really bad, but uh, Aiden was getting around all over the place and I thought it was hilarious. And I was like, I should just reach out for the memes. But I was like, no, because as soon as he announced his, his retirement, Summit 11 is going to be the last thing that he does with Beyond the Summit. And I'm like, that's the that's a good time to get Aiden. That's a great time to get Aiden. But I have had like people like I, I had on Pew Pew U uh, after he announced his retirement. And that was a privilege. It was an honor to be able to speak with him about his melee career as a whole because we were truly looking at it as a whole not as like a, a continuing ongoing thing which is also fun but it was like oh this is really cool i'm talking to someone who has done so many cool things on the on the big stages of of melee competition and they're kind of looking back at it as a whole now it, it's really it was really really cool to be able to do that shout outs to austin melee for making it happen with me Ugh, you get it I like rambling sometimes too, but not as much as you. Plus, I also want you to... <laughs> I want to be respectful of your time and give you the people one more chance of where they can find you. Please tell the people where they can find you. Offer your cl closing thoughts. Do all that stuff. That's close us out. All right. Um, well, very briefly, um, I love what you're doing. Um, we had never spoken before this, and this is a very easy conversation to have. So um, I think you're definitely talented at this, and I wish you all the best. Um, so keep keep trucking along, man. I believe, and uh, I love also your point about like wanting to make a space for people that aren't necessarily the most prominent members of the community, but simply love this game. Um, making a space for those kind of conversations too is uh, a really cool and unique thing. And um, yeah, keep keep doing it. Um, yeah, so um, I am 
at Smashcasts on everything I can be at Smashcasts on. For some reason, Instagram won't let me change my name on Instagram to Smashcasts, <sighs> even though it's not taken. Nobody else has it. I think it thinks it's explicit because it says Smash. So I don't know if it oh. thinks it's about violence or if it's about sex. I don't know. But on Twitter, I, I changed my handle. I am now at Smashcasts. On TikTok, I am at Smashcasts. I have a Smashcasts Twitch as well. Um, I, I actually made a second account because I didn't want to give up twitch.tv slash Zets, which is actually mine. One day I will have at Zets on Twitter. I just need to pay the guy who has it a couple hundred bucks or some shit. But mm. yeah, um, <laughs> I hope I can get that someday. But um, I'm going to keep making content on TikTok. Um, I see this as a big opportunity for the community. And um, I think it's a huge privilege and honor um, to be in a position where I can attempt to pioneer uh, this new frontier and um, try to engage more people to care about our scene. Um, you know, this scene has been through a lot in the past 10 years. Uh, we've had a lot of ups and a lot of downs, but um, I think ultimately it's a very redeemable uh, community that is fantastic in so many different ways. And um, if I can dedicate a part of my life to getting people interested in that and um, helping them share what we have all come to love um, for so many years, um, I think there's there's a lot of beauty in that. And uh, it's it'd be, to me, a very noble way for me to try to give back to the community that has given me so much over the past eight years. So thank you for having me. Zets, thank you so much for being with me here on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Hell yeah, man. See you next time. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Woo, we made it. Another day, another podcast interview. Thank you to Zets one more time for joining me. Wow, so much fun to go over all of the awesome parts of the conversation that we just had. <laughs> I'm not going to try to be specific, even though it is tempting to prove that I did just have this conversation, but I'm not going to get into too much current day stuff, or actually hardly any. And I should also clarify, clarify also that it was Casper Dial who I was trying to remember the name of. Casper Dial is the editor for Ginger's YouTube. So shout outs to Casper Dial. I'm so sorry I forgot your name. They're your, your Twitter handle, I should say. But I remember now, so... Eh? <laughs> Probably not super happy with me, but... I just want to say, Casper Dial, I love your sense of humor. It comes through so nicely for Ginger's YouTube videos. Okay, so back to the other thing that I wanted to clarify. This episode will not be releasing the day that the interview is being recorded or even the, within the next 24 hours, which is that's when I usually try to have stuff put out, but that doesn't always happen. This time, there are just things that you already know about because I've already put out another podcast episode before this one, episode 38, where I haven't recorded it yet, but I'll be talking about how awesome it is that I'm going to be going to my first ever local, my first ever tournament, period. And I'm very excited about that. And so I'll be taking off this upcoming week in advance of June 26th to, to, do, the, to do the tournament thing and to not do the podcast thing. So... Anyway, I'll get into more specifics if you want to go back an episode, the episode with me and Apostle, and you can listen to that if you really want to. But if you're just here for this wrap-up, and if you're only here for Zets, no judges, No judges. So, 
I don't think I don't want to talk about anything else because I'm going to save the current day stuff for the episode that I want to come out before this one. And I'm just planning all kinds of stuff right now, aren't I? Fun fact, I'm interviewing, not interviewing. I am editing three interviews at once, back to back to back. Woo! I'll probably mention that a few more times, either in episode 38 or in episode 40. So just brace yourself. <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride. But I'm doing this also that I can have a week to have with the family. And then on Saturday, get into the melee with all the melee hooligans. All right. Now, you know all those things. Let's not keep you here any longer. I hope we'll catch you next time on Bottom of the Smash Mountain, all that fun stuff. All right. Later, y'all.